you, mate. Absolutely awesome. Why don't you give the Mutos a big hand clap? They were awesome. Um, more importantly, uh, I know you're all – oh, man, there's still seats. That's encouraging to see. Um, there are still seats just for those on the camera right now. Welcome to church today, everybody watching from wherever you are in the world. It's always great to have you online. And uh, we've got a great crowd here uh, excited about God, worshipping Jesus and ready to go. So sorry if I don't look at the camera the whole time. Um, hey, listen, welcome to church. It's great to have you here and you're looking good. Why don't you stand with me just for two seconds? I want to pray. And uh, are you going to get concerned on the camera? You can just listen, okay? I just feel to leave the platform uh, for a minute. That's always fun, you know. We can get so in order if you're not looking out. So, Father, we want to pray today uh, right across this place right now. We thank you for the incredible worship service we have had. Holy Spirit, we give you authority right now to walk up and down every aisle in this place in between every row up and down in between each seat. Father, we pray that not one person would leave here today without having a touch of heaven in their life in Jesus' name. God, we don't want to play church. We want to encounter the living God who we serve. I pray that chains be broken today. I pray that hope come. I pray right now that liberty and victory be released in lives across this place right now. And I pray in Jesus' name that your faith would increase and that you would leave here today with greater faith than you turned up with, with a greater understanding of the love of God and the power of his name. So in Jesus' name, Lord God, we pray for miracles. I feel right now, Pastor Jesse said there would be miracles and encounters happening. I really believe right now, if you need a miracle, there's an atmosphere here for a miracle for you today, whether it be financial, whether it be physically, whether it be mentally or emotionally right now, we declare the miracle power of God in your life in Jesus' name. In fact, I really believe that you can grab a hold of that today. Day, just by faith right now in this atmosphere, we speak miracles in Jesus' name. I pray for restoration. I pray that hope would be stirred yet again, that dreams would be rekindled in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody who believes that stuff, give us a shout. Amen. Just so these guys know you're here, because one of the only complaints I've ever had about this is actually they think it's just me talking to space. And uh, so we needed just just let them know that we are actually sort of here. Okay, you can sit down. Uh, God bless you. Absolutely fantastic. Hey, it's good to be back in church, isn't it? Yes. Anybody glad about being in church? Let me just read you this. I want to just start with this today and uh, just uh, got this as I was sitting down, actually. Hebrews 11.32. I love this. I've been focused on it for a couple of weeks, actually. Hebrews 11.32. Um, uh, here it is. Uh, Murray, I just had my eyes fixed up the other day, retuned. Um, I should be able to see this small print. Anyway, having a bit of bother there. Hebrews 11.32, anyway, that's where we're going, okay? And it says this. Here we go. Here we go. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, it's the size of the print, eh? Julia, give me your... Oh, yeah. She hasn't even got hers open. She's just taking notes. Um, I must be looking at the wrong. Oh, here we go. Here we go. And what more shall I say? This is what I was looking for. And what more shall I say? Well, I've got quite a bit to say this morning, actually. And uh, what more shall I say? This is the writer of Hebrews. Uh, some debate whether it was Moses or Paul. I think it's Paul. And uh, what more shall I say? I do not have the time to tell you. 
Now, that's probably, I'm looking at the clock right now, and that would be true. I do not have the time to tell you. Of all the great things that God has done, and not only in my life, but in your life and in our, in our experiences in Christ and uh, where the church is at today, and uh, I'm, I'm talking across the globe right now, God is doing amazing. God is still building his kingdom. Is anybody excited about that? And I want to tell you, the kingdom of God is not shrinking back. The sh- kingdom of God is advancing as we speak. And uh, in this country, in many countries, speaking of Vietnam this week, man, it's exploding in Vietnam and, and many other countries of the world. So we can be excited about what God is doing. And he says, I don't have time to tell you about these guys. Listen, Gideon. Barak, don't know if there's a Barak here today, uh, Samson and Jephthah, that'd be a tough name to have in a day like this, about David and Samuel and all of the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms. Listen to that. They conquered kingdoms, they administered justice, and they gained what was promised by God. They shut the mouths of lions. Wow. Pretty out there shut the mouths of lions, they quenched the fury of the flames, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who refused to bow down and just said, we ain't going to bow down, man, throw us in a fiery furnace if you like, but God will get in there with us. Bible, just Bible, just telling you the Bible. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it goes on about the mighty miracles and the great things these guys did. Now, what I want to say about this this morning is it's by faith. So I want to title my message today, and I, th- I guess it's, oh, it's not up here. We don't have a screen in this place. Okay. So I want to title my message today, Faith That Breaks Barriers. In other words, barrier breaking faith. And anyone got a barrier in their life right now? Anyone got a barrier you can think needs some breaking through right now? I've got a couple. We need to break through some barriers, you know. We need to break through the barrier of this wall and get back into that auditorium. There's some barrier-breaking faith for you. And so we're working hard on that. I want to thank all the people who have come and helped out. That's absolutely remarkable what's happening in there. And it's very, very exciting as well. So uh, I'm pretty um, passionate and impatient is the word I'm looking for, impatiently waiting for the insurance to finish what they're doing in there so we can get back. Because I think you'll probably agree with me, this is a little chocker. It's a little, some of you don't like getting that close. I know you're North Shore people. You don't like being too close to people. I don't know what's wrong with you, but there you go. Okay. Um, so we are believing and praying that God will uh, move that forward rapidly. I want to thank those who have um, who have come down and helped at the Working Bees. We've got a couple more to go, and uh, this week we're intending doing some stuff to really push that along. And so contact me or Christy will be in touch with you. Uh, we also really want to believe God. Uh, if you feel we're, we're going to replace our chairs, okay? We're going to get new chairs in the in the new auditorium. We're having the insurance is doing all. The other stuff, new carpet, there's some new walls going up, there's some stuff that's happening. And I'm really believing that we as a church get behind the 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 visionary concept of some new chairs, okay? So if you feel to purchase a row of chairs, we would love you for that. Um, we're moving by faith into that zone and we're going to set it up. It's going to be absolutely remarkable in there and uh, we're just believing that there's going to be some great stuff happen. So get behind us in that vision and let's make it happen in Jesus' name, okay? Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24 says this and I love it. It says, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting the meeting together 
together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. I pray today that I can encourage you in faith, okay? We're talking about barrier-breaking faith. And I look over here, it looks like faith is getting broken right here. There's a couple of bits of it coming off the wall over here. And uh, so we're talking, I love that because what a great, uh, I just start preaching and it starts peeling off the wall, which means we're going to break some barriers today and push through in faith and go where God wants us to go. And I think it's very easy to get trapped where you are. This is an incredible year. This is a great year for the church. If you, um, I had the privilege of meeting uh, Louise down the back this morning, and uh, she encouraged me and stirred my faith this morning because we spoke about a great man of God, um, Ellison. Sorry, Ellison. Where are you, Ellison? There she is. You haven't been pushed into that other chair you've got with you yet. So that's in case she told, I loved Alison. She said, well, if it gets too chocker in here, I can always sit in my, this chair I've got on wheels here. And God bless you. We'll pray a miracle over you this morning. I tell you what, we'll believe for God to touch you supernaturally, okay? And uh, she came with Jane, so pray for Alison. Um, <laughs> but Alison and I were talking this morning about revival, and we were talking about a man who came to this country 100 years ago. His name was Smith Wigglesworth. And Smith Wigglesworth happened to raise a young protege by the name of George Thomas, who both Alison and I had the privilege of having an acquaintance with. And George Thomas would always stir me in faith. He was the guy who discipled me in my walk with Christ, and he would always stir me. And one of the great statements he used to make was, revival is what the church first experiences. And every one of us has experiences a touch of revival in our life from time to time. He said, evangelism is then what she must engage in. So just stirring people a little bit there, your faith cannot remain redundant. We must be active in our faith in sharing the love of God and the power of God in our life. Uh, faith was never meant to be a thing that locked us down and made us all quiet and ashamed and, and scared of who we are. Faith is something that ignites you to be a man and a woman and a young person or whatever you are of God. Come on, the crowd wants to know we're talking to someone here, okay? So evangelism must be continuous, he said. Revival cannot last and evangelism must not stop. Revival will never last. Every revival that's happened on the planet, the Welsh revival, we only went for 12 weeks and then it stopped. But evangelism continued to shake the world, the entire planet actually, and went across the world. So I want to stir us up this morning. Let's be people that know how to share our faith. And the only way that'll happen is by faith, God's putting the Holy Spirit in us so we come alive in God. You with me? Now, we live in some pretty negative times. We live in some tough times, guys. Let's not, let's not um, uh, underestimate that. We live in tough days. Well, I think some people experience it more tougher than others, all right? There's a lot of fear out there. There's a lot of anxiety out there. And, uh, and I have this kind of belief that uh, good times, we've had some good times. I think the church has had amazing times. I've traveled the entire planet, taken the gospel, smuggled Bibles into Vietnam against communist rules, all been locked up, been captured, been all sorts of things have happened as I've smuggled illegally, illegally smuggled Bibles into Vietnam. 
And uh, that was 30 years ago. Only today to meet people whose lives have been radically changed by one page of that Bible we smuggled in. One, one page arrived in a village and it, it so radically shifted that village that there are villages that I now visit in Vietnam that are totally on fire for God with one page of a smuggled in Bible that was never meant to happen. Hallelujah. I've since been arrested by the communist leaders and, um, and uh, detained for questioning and, and interrogation. My last interrogation was for something like six hours of interrogation where they wanted to know what the hang you were doing here. And I told them exactly what they're doing. And on that note, the minister of police gave me his phone number and said, you are welcome to share this gospel anywhere you like in Vietnam. And if you face any problems, he said, call me and I'll fix it up. I said, why would that be? He said, because my son who was addicted to heroin has got a hold of one of your church places and it's changed his life. We have a message that brings hope to the planet, friends. We can't sit back and we can't stall. But we've had some good times and sometimes I think the good times, and here would be my philosophy in today's, good times unfortunately create weak people. We get weaker the better the times get. And weak people unfortunately create very bad times. And we need to be aware of that because that's what happens around us. Bad times then again begin to create strong people again because there are people who have barrier-breaking faith who say we're going to push through. We refuse to be under the hammer, we're going to rise up in Jesus' name. And then they create some strong people and strong people create good times again. So I want to tell you, get ready for what God's about to do in our nation. I believe we're heading into a revival season. That's the history of the world, friend. Read the Bible, read history. That's time and over and over and over again it goes. It's a complex world, I want to tell you. And we think it's stressful right now. People tell me how stressful and how difficult it is. I have no doubt there are aspects of it that it is. But talking to my grandfather many, many moons ago, he told me how stressful and how horrible it was to be in the trenches in the Second World War. I think that would literally be stress to the max. That would be fear to the max with mortars and shells landing around. He was never had a hair on his head because the fear shook it out of his head at the age of 22. I want to tell you right now, we've got to get our eyes. We've lost perspective on what God is in our world today. Let that stir you just a little bit. I believe that we, a lot of it's got to do with our expectation. I would say let's leave expectation alone, alone a little bit because I think we've got everything we need right now. Let's leave expectation alone a little bit and let's get into appreciation. I'm appreciative of what God has done in my life right now. I'm appreciative of everything I live in, of this incredible facility, of the goodness of God in my world. And I think, in fact, let's just stand for a minute and show our appreciation to the God of heaven, our Saviour. His name is Jesus. And come on, let's show our appreciation. If you're on stream, if you're online today, show your appreciation of a great God. God, you are an awesome God. You are a saving God. You're a keeping God. You are the God of victory who brought us through. God, you unshackle us from fear and set us free. You healed our bodies in Jesus' name. And God, we want to give you all the praise today in the name of Jesus. Amen. In fact, 
uh, Allison right down the back there. Get ready for that concussion, that head injury you've got. Get ready for it to be healed in this service in Jesus' name. Derek sitting right in front of me there. Get ready for a touch of heaven that heals your physical body today in Jesus' name. That disease bows to the name of a God who we appreciate and give praise to. God bless you. Take another seat in Jesus' name. We're starting to be like... Oh, my goodness. Pray for John Pearson. John Pearson, if you don't know, came off his motorcycle this week. Um, that's why Julia won't let me get one. And uh, so he came off his motorcycle. He's in hospital right now, and he's in a lot of pain. And let's, Lord, we just believe right now for John Pearson, the Pearson family, and we believe right now for your healing power in that hospital that pain would leave him. And in Jesus' name right now, we give you thanks for the power of your love. Amen. Amen. Almost forgot to. I needed to welcome Gawa all the way from uh, Africa, South Africa today. It's great to have Gawa in the house today. And uh, she's, uh, I think you're here for a little while, actually, which is very exciting. So, hey, listen, don't get. Don't get distracted by the things we call stress in this day. Put your trust in Jesus. Hold on to faith and let's rise again in Jesus' name. Seriously, I think we get distracted by a lot of things. Somebody calling you names on Facebook is not stress, nor is it anxiety. It's get, uh, get, get, like, hello, get a life. It's get a life. It's turn the flipping thing off. If someone, what's up, what I'm posting on Facebook annoys you, get a life. Hello, get a life. If what someone else puts on Facebook annoys me, I need to get a life. <laughs> Hello, it should not have any effect on my life. I am in tune with God. I know who I am and whose I am. I am not having any difficulty with my identity. I know I am Christ alone and I stand on his word and his promise and I am feeling darn good about it. Thank you. But I just think sometimes we need to get it back together. Life's too short to live goofy. Life's too short. Talk to people. Go talk to some people that are on the verge of death and find out that the things that we worry about mostly don't matter one little bit to them. They couldn't care less about your Facebook account. They are more interested in what eternity would hold for them. So most people's battle, I think, is in their brain. And I think shift from your brain to your heart. Shift from your brain. Here's a bit of gospel for you. Shift from your brain to your heart. My Bible talks a lot about living out of your heart. I live out of my heart. I'm a fairly touchy person. I'll give you a hug instead of shake your hand or something like that. But I'm into heart, okay? And when you live at your heart, incidentally, when you were conceived in your mother's womb, which these people are a lot closer to that than some of us are, um, this side, I should say, is a lot closer to that. And uh, Jess, you're in. Uh, would someone shift this guy over here? <laughs> But listen, connect with your heart a lot more. Um, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can tell where people are at by what comes out of their mouth. You can see where their heart's at, where they're coming from, the heart or the brain. Most of the stuff I'm hearing, far too much of the stuff I'm hearing from Christians alike and everybody in the world today is coming out of the brain, not the heart. I'm a heart person. I'm connected to God. By God changed my heart. We're baptizing people today. Brody, there you are right there. It's the most exciting thing you'll ever do. Um, 
Rod said, tell, get your kids there and then tell them what baptism is. Well, be careful what you tell them. We, when we first baptised people in our pool, when Julia and I were just new Christians and we told our kids, well, that's goodbye to their old person and the new person. So the dead one's in there, gone, they've gone, it died with Christ and they've risen anew. Our kids wouldn't get in the pool for six months. So be careful what you tell them, okay? Um, but like I say, most people's battle is in their brain, not their heart. I would say shift to your heart. God works and speaks through heart. God said of David, this man has a heart after my heart. When you were conceived in your mother's womb, your heart started beating just days after you were conceived. Your heart started working. It has a mind. It has a neurological concept to it. They've discovered now that your heart can think, it can understand, and it hears and and reasons. And I would sooner reason with my heart than with my head, friend, because what I'm looking at in the world right now, head reasoning is real goofy. Let's get back to some heart in Jesus' name, okay? So I'm just challenging you a bit this morning. Let's get back to our heart and let's start doing so. The strongest force in your immune system, the Bible teaches this, is your heart. Hello? This is like God we're talking about now. I don't care what science has taught you. Remember what God taught you, okay? The strongest part of your immune system just happens to be your heart. Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So your heart is better than any pill you will take if you get it in tune with faith and in tune with God. Out of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So guard your heart. The Bible says, Proverbs 4, 23, sorry. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, who would have thought your heart could do the thinking instead of reason taking over and causing you to be confused? In fact, I would say where reason can no longer wade, swim with the swim of faith. I've launched out in faith, friend. I'm swimming by faith today, all right? I'm sick of walking in the shallows. Jesus said, launch out into the deep. And when he was talking about there is stop reasoning in your head, get into your heart and start walking with your heart. Hope this is making sense to some people here because you're very quiet and the online viewers will think I'm talking to the wall. See, most of our problems, I think, are, Our happiness is dependent on what goes on around about us, on what people say, what people think. What are the chances of you being, what are the chances of me being happy with what people say about me? I want to put my trust in the word of God. And I realise I'm holding an iPad up, but that's what Moses had, a tablet. So, (laughs) so, So let's put our trust in God and go with what he wants to do. The fastest way I know to change anything in my world is change me. And the only thing that will change me from where I can understand reading this book is the Word of God will change me. As I'm in the pages of this book, it changes my world and sets me free. And I believe right now barrier-breaking faith is all about let's break through the barriers of our mind today and get in touch with our heart again in Jesus' name, and let's see the miracle of God happen in our lives in the name of Jesus. And I and I honestly, I'm excited about this because I believe this is the key to what we're doing this morning, and I believe it's a key to where we're heading as a church. And uh, so I just want to give you a few thoughts on it this morning. Uh, with God, all things are possible. And we say amen and we get excited about that, but reality is when the rubber hits the road and when we're up against a barrier, that stops us, we struggle with that. Let's just be real. 
Like when we when we face stuff that's uh, you know we're all with God as possible here at church. Hallelujah, brother! Oh yeah, I'm with you there. Glory to God. Then on Tuesday, Wednesday, oh boy, things are getting a bit difficult. We no longer really stand. But I want to tell you, our God is an awesome God, and He doesn't hold you to ransom by that. He still reaches out in love and says, "Hey man, put your trust in me a little bit more. Get a little bit closer to me." And uh, so I pray today that you would experience the power of God in this meeting. I'm going to open up for an opportunity to minister later on where I believe you receive something of the breakthrough power of the Holy Spirit in your life, okay? And, uh, you know, we we stand. There are many, many, um, can't even think of the word now, but poses, Positions, uh, positions is the word I'm looking for. In God, where you stand in worship, where you walk by faith, where you sit in His presence, and I think we need to understand some of the incredible keys of God in our lives. And um, He He is a catalyst of change in my life. I want to tell you that right now. And uh, if you're looking for someone who has chosen to walk by faith, you're looking at Him right now. I have chosen to live and walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, I walk by faith and not by sight. Let me tell you, this book will change your life. This book will change your life. And uh, this is my Bible, and I want to tell you right now, it's right up to date with everything that's happening on this planet right now. So if you're worried about it, go back and read the Bible. In fact, you'll find it in the book of Matthew and the book of Revelation. It'll mess with your thinking. Don't be fooled. It'll mess with your thinking. Small thinking and the Bible don't get along. God's a big thinker. He thought about you when you're in your mother's womb and put a whole plan together for you. He is a big thinker. Man, I want to tell you, God is a big, big thinker. God thinks about you. Roger, right down the back there. I've been thinking about you this week with your your mum and your dad and them passing away. I've been praying for you. You know that if we have that capacity, can you imagine how God is interceding and thinking about us? Wow. It's powerful, I tell you. So don't get discouraged by life. John 4 and verse 18 says, Perfect love casts out fear. I want to get some of that in my world. That's what the Bible will do. It'll establish you in perfect, perfect love. And uh, fear <coughs> will attack you. It'll rob you. It'll take truth away from you. And um, it's like the guy on the operating table. It's a guy laying on the operating table. He's about to have surgery. He's got fear written all over you. Anybody ever been there, incidentally? You're about to undergo surgery and your eyes are as big as saucers. You've never been in the operating theater before and you're freaking out. I was there one day and I said to the guy, what are you doing? And he told me the operation, the procedure they were doing. And I said, well, I don't even have a problem with that. And he said, maybe we've got the wrong person. And sure enough, I was the wrong person. So sometimes you can have fear in the op- on the operating table. They had the wrong man. And uh, this guy's laying on the operating table. He's got fear written all over his face. And the doctor says to him, what's the problem, sir? I can see you're quite fearfully. He says, this is the first time I've ever had surgery, sir. And the surgeon looks down at him and he says, I know how you feel. This is the first time I've ever operated by myself. <laughs> A a spirit of faith will enable you to live bigger than the circumstances, friend, is what I'm trying to say. And I've tapped in, Hebrews 11.32, what we just read, I've tapped in to a God who qualifies the unqualified. 
because we're unqualified, friends. No matter how good you are today, you're unqualified. And we all started unqualified anyway. We started out a mess like Gideon, Barak, Samson, all those guys. Look at Gideon hiding in a wine press, terrified of the world around him. But God says, I'll pick you. And let me look around the room today because God says, I'll pick you and I'll pick you and I'll pick you. And God says, I'm going to cause you. And, and Brody, God says, I'll pick you. You were a bit messed up a few months ago, but look at you now looking like a champion, a nice haircut, great smile. And God, no wonder, because when God picks someone, he does an awesome, awesome work on that person's life. And we turn out. That's why it says God takes what is weak and puts his strength on it and we become mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Yeehaw! <laughs> Don't know how that interprets on TV. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says he takes my weakness and turns it into his strength. Julia and I have had to learn what it means that faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. We've had to learn the meaning of that. When my son was tragically taken out at the age of 30, we had to learn what it meant that faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. When my daughter was almost dying in Tonga years ago now, and we had to learn what it meant that faith that can't be tested cannot be trusted. At school, if you miss the test, you probably won't pass in life. The test means everything, friend, and we walk in a life that operates or delivers to us a test of faith. Most of them I missed because I never even knew the test was on at school and I'd arrive there and they'd say, are you ready for the test? And I'd say, what day is that happening? And they'd say in about an hour. So I probably missed that test, okay? 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by faith though and not by sight. So we walk by faith in the love of God, what he's got for us and the power that he's got. So Romans 10, 17 says this, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. We need to hear it again and again. I've got to be consistently stirred in faith. That's why I say let's stir one another up to good works. Let's stir one another up because that's where it comes from, okay? And, uh, yeah, too much here. I'm running out of time, guys. Let me just get I'm going to give you three points. We're going to close with that, all right? Here's some barrier-breaking faith points for you to take home, okay? Write these down on your notebook or your, uh, your, your device. Sorry, I'm not allowed to say iPhone anymore. Device. And, uh, and let's take some good stuff away from us. Um, three keys that will give you barrier-breaking faith in your life. Number one, be in the right place at the right time. In other words, your position. Position yourself for faith, okay? Position yourself under the Word of God. It's great to see people in church, okay? You've got to get under the Word of God. You've got to sit in an atmosphere that's conducive to the power of God being active. Alignment, it's really about alignment, okay? Everybody say alignment. I'm looking at Claire down the back there, a mighty woman of God, came to us from Singapore, got faith written all over her. She's got alignment in her life. I was speaking to, speaking to her the other day and I can see it. I was watching a video clip of you preaching, girl, and you have alignment in your life. You've aligned yourself with God's truth. We need to align ourselves up with the stuff that God wants to do in our lives. I think sometimes we're out of line, friend, just telling you that, out of line. That's why it's good to be in church on a Sunday morning, if for nothing else, just to get fired up, to shout a little, to get loosed up a little bit. Murray Betts. <laughs> Position yourself. Took my car through a car wash quite a while ago now. 
was just after I had a broken neck from that motorbike accident and I couldn't turn my head. And you try lining yourself up with it. So, so, so my neck was so stiff that I couldn't turn. If you're stiff-necked, you'll never get lined up with what God's got for you. Loosen up a bit. I had to get my neck brace off and loosen up. Even then it didn't work. It kept saying, out of alignment, out of alignment, and the water wouldn't start. Then someone came out and helped me from the gas station. He helped me get in alignment because there's a queue of traffic behind me now all wanting to get their cars washed. And by the time he lined me up, then the water started to flow. And I believe if you want a flow of God in your life, get aligned with his word and let the alignment of God happen in your world. God wants to get you aligned, okay? And, uh, and I think some of us need to just say, God, how can I align better with your purpose and your will in my life? Just ask yourself that as a question today. Alignment, alignment, which means getting in line with what God wants to do. I had a dream the other night, actually went to heaven, and, uh, and when I arrived there, there's two lines up to the gate. Peter's, Peter's guarding the gate, and uh, I saw one of them was incredibly long. I didn't want to stand in that, so when Peter came along, I said, mate, what's the deal with these two lines? This one's too long. I like that one. It's short. And he said, the short one is for the men who were the leaders and the rulers of their own house. The long one is for the men who were told what to do. I said, I'm just going to have to get in the long one, aren't I? And I stood in the long one. Then I looked across into the short line and there was Ellen Swafford. <laughs> and I said, what are you doing in that line? And he said, Jane, Tommy, I've got to stand here. Yeah. Get in line with the purposes of God in your life, and for that you need the Holy Spirit. Get baptized in the Holy Spirit and get set free in your spirit so you've got the joy of the Lord is your strength and you're not so serious and so messed up in life. We've got to have some joy about us, friend. Nobody wants to listen to a message that comes out of a dry, old, stale, boring heart. We want life in Jesus' name, okay? We're supposed to be the happiest people on earth when I read this book, okay? Peter got so aligned with God's word. Peter got so aligned with God's word that when he was walking down the street, his shadow would touch people and they'd get instantly miraculously healed. That's pretty in line with the Word of God. I want to line myself up. I want to be empowered by God, and this book will empower you in Jesus' name. Second point I'll finish with today is speak the right lingo. In other words, make the right sound. In other words, get your language together. Get your language together. In fact, let's make a rule here today. I made it 15 years ago. Let's make it again today, and let's make a rule that we will not speak any negativity within 15 kilometers, 20 kilometers of our homes in Jesus' name. Come on, this is alignment. Just stop speaking negativity. Stop speaking garbage because the stuff we speak, it, it affects us. If you're a gossiper, kill it today. Kill it today. One of the worst sins on the planet, the Bible says, is gossip. One of the worst sins. In other words, you can do pretty much any other sin and God will say, you're cool, but gossip? He'll say, I don't like you. So deal with gossip, deal with, deal with negativity. We make rules in our house so we will not speak negativity. 
will not allow it in our house, okay? It kills people. It causes sickness to reign in your life. Listen to this. Isaiah 55 verse 12 says, you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And then it says this, the mountains and the hills will break forth into singing before you and the trees of the field will clap their hands. You know what? That that amazed me when I first read it. I said, how do the hills know what to say? How do the mountains know what to say? And then I was reminded when I was a kid, just a young kid, running around on my dad's four acre, 400 acre farm and uh, running around on that, we'd go up into the hills and we'd yell out, Don is a winner. And it'd come echoing back, Don is a winner, 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 winner. And no wonder I'm a winner. Because we used to yell that out in our in my dad's farm over the hills. My brothers and I would have competitions and the hills would shout back exactly what we said. The obstacles that are in your pathway today will only respond to what you are saying with your mouth. If you're a gossiper, if you're a negative talker, your mountains will pre- impregnate you with negativity and you will never overcome that mountain. No wonder David could take down Goliath because he sang hymns and songs about God. He sat in the hills and worshipped God and all that came out of his mouth was, God is for me, who can be against me? If God's for me, nobody can be against me. Your hills need to hear, your obstacles, your mountains, your barriers need to hear that your God is far bigger than them. And when you shout to your hills and you say, mountain, you're going to move in Jesus' name, the mountain will start saying, I've got to move. Your obstacle has to move. Your sickness has to move. I'm I'm a whatever. I'm a master of confession. I love, I've got them written all over my world, confessions I confess every morning and declare over my life and over my family's life. And we've got to know that whatever you say will echo back into your life. It'll echo. I said it will echo. Be careful what you're saying. If it doesn't echo today, it'll echo in your next generation. If it doesn't echo right now, it'll echo down the path in your life. When you're old and miserable in bed, your echoes are probably doing that. So I want an echo that the joy of the Lord will be my strength, that when I'm 120 years old, I'll be as fired up as I am today, still preaching the Word of God and still going for the victory that Christ put in my life. Hallelujah. Oh, boy, it will echo what you say. It's fascinating how that works. Study it. Study it. I could go on for hours. Running out of time. In the last two minutes and 19 seconds that I have left, finally, you have to make adjustments. So I'd just like to know who's making adjustments in your life. We need people who will coach us, mentor us, and speak into our life. I thank God I've got about five people speaking to my life and uh, it helps you make it. I need to be adjusted. Some of you are saying I agree, and uh, but I need to be adjusted, okay, and I've got good people. Um, in John 21 and verse 6, Jesus puts it this way. He says, cast your net on the other side. That's an adjustment. You've been trying it that way for years. Cast your net on the other side. In Luke 5, 4, he said, launch out into the deep. In other words, you've been where you're at in the spirit realm too long. It's time to launch yourself into the expectation of God's miraculous in your life. In Matthew 5, 41, he said, go another mile with someone who needs it today. Go an extra mile. And we're, like I said before, where reason can no longer wade, we need to start swimming in faith in Jesus' name, okay? Who is in your life right now that will address your BS? Who is in your world right now that will confront you on the BS in your life and say you need to sort this out? 
BS meaning belief systems for those that have a <laughs> bad mind. Okay, Nipsey Hussle says this, if your circle of influence does not inspire you to stretch, then you don't have a circle, you have a cage. And I think so often in life, people just agree with everything in our world. I want to be stretched. In fact, one of the great giftings I have in life is to be stretched. In fact, yesterday when I was working out, I stretched my leg too far and have been in agony for the entire night and got healed when I got up here to preach, okay? Um but you've got to get, you've got to move stuff. You've got to shift stuff in your life. You've got to make adjustments so that you live bigger than what you are today. This is faith talking, okay? Chuck Yeager, I've just watched the movie, The Right Stuff. Chuck Yeager was the first, well, they told us he was the first person to break the sound barrier, but that's not true because Elijah did that. Where, where is Elijah? He's, a, he's in kids' church right now. And, uh, and, uh, but Elijah did that when he went to heaven in a whirlwind. That was breaking the sound barrier, okay? so. He was the first to break the sound barrier on earth here. His name was Chuck Yeager. He went up in the X-10 to 40,000 feet. They dropped him off, and at 450 miles an hour, 450, sound barrier is 770 miles an hour. People don't understand that lingo anymore. It's At 450, it started to shake so uncontrollably that he figured that it would fall apart. So he landed it again. He said, we're going to have to try again, but you need to make some adjustments. They made adjustments, and finally, Chuck Yeager was the first man in history to break the sound barrier. They had two major fears. Number one, that the ship would disintegrate as it hit the sound barrier and that the body of a man could no longer function as it went through the sound barrier. They eliminated both fears just by doing it. And I want to tell you right now, let's step out in faith today and believe that God has got the best yet to come in our world. Amen. In 1954, one year before I was uh, beautifully given birth for and arrived on the planet, after 70 years believing it was beyond hope and beyond possibility, human, beyond human capacity, Roger Bannister, a change agent, ran and busted the four-minute mile in three minutes, 59.4 seconds, okay? It was a psychological and physical barrier that they said could never be broken, okay? Just 46 days later, a guy by the name of John Landy, 46 days later, he felt if he can do it, I can do it. Do you know when you break through barriers in your life, it encourages thousands of people to go another mile? It encourages thousands of people to get up and do what you did? We have an opportunity today. I believe that I'm called to raise a generation about this age and fire you up to do something great with your lives in God. I met this young lady here this morning with, uh, with uh, the beautiful long curly hair. Can't remember your name, sorry. You were invited by your friend next year. I, when I was talking to you, I saw an amazing young woman who will, who will be instrumental in influencing the lives of thousands of people, and I just want to deliver that to you today because I saw that when I met you this morning. You're amazing. And, uh, but anyway, here's an amazing thing about that. We've got to push through the barriers so that others can go too. I pushed through the barrier of being paralyzed and got healed by God. I had to push through. I'm a master at stretch, so I stretch myself at times, maybe too much at times. Remember the day I got out of bed when I wasn't meant to? Don't even know how I got out. My whole body had no feeling, no nothing. But somehow, by faith, I got out of bed. It was a confession I was making that God would heal me. And I tried walking, and uh, I don't even know how any of that happened. But you can only go so far with a catheter attached. And so I didn't get too far. And uh, But I believe that was part of the step in my miraculous healing, okay? 
But here's what will happen if you step by faith today and push through that barrier. As Rod said this morning, marriages will be changed. Homes will be changed. Children's lives will be changed. Your next door neighbor's lives will be changed as we have often experienced. And you will see your workplaces, your finances will change. Everything in your life will change as you decide to walk by faith. John Landy decided to take on Roger Bannister. He decided he would take him on. So they had another race. Two months later, they had another race. The two of them lined up. They were neck and neck. Roger Bannister was just coming up. He overtook um, Landy. And then he kept running. And as they were coming into the finish line, he looked over his shoulder like Lot's wife did. And when he looked over his shoulder, Landy sprinted fast and beat the first man who ever broke the record. You cannot afford to look back right now, friend. Let's lift up our eyes and look forward to what God's got for you. The best is yet to come. And I want to join with you in faith today and say, Jane Swaffert, get ready for the miracles of God igniting in your life. In fact, anyone in this place right now, Colette, get ready for what God's got in your life because I believe this is our hour and this is our time in Jesus' name. And I want to tell you, see, uh, Roger Bannister said, um, the saddest day of my life was the day I looked back over my shoulder, but at least I didn't get a pillar of salt. I got a pillar of bronze. It stands out in Vancouver outside the sports stadium, a pillar of bronze of Roger Bannister looking over his shoulder instead of keeping his eyes fixed straight ahead. Don't be distracted in this hour. God's got the best yet ahead for you. If God is for you, who can be against you? In Jesus' name, amen. Let's believe right now. I want to pray for you today and I want to believe God. I want to believe God that this is your hour and your time. And Father, online, wherever you are today, I believe right now there are barriers that are going to come down. If you've got a barrier in your life right now, stand to your feet right now. It might be a barrier of belief. It might be a barrier of faith. It might be, it can be any barrier. But if you have a barrier right now that you believe in to break through, obviously it'd be like a, it'd be a miracle having an altar call in this building. So we're going to be right where you are. But if you have a barrier, see, maybe your barriers today, I do not know Jesus Christ as my saviour. Maybe you've had a barrier there that you didn't understand religion, that you didn't understand the love of God, that you didn't understand what it was to say, Jesus, I want to receive you as my saviour. Maybe that's your barrier today. And maybe today you need to break through that barrier. As you stand with me today, maybe it's a barrier of sickness or, or a psychological concept in your life. Maybe it's a barrier today of understanding your next step in God. Maybe there are mountains before you right now that you cannot penetrate. Maybe that's a financial barrier. Maybe for someone here today, that is an immigration barrier that you cannot get through that barrier. Well, I believe we have barrier-breaking faith in this place today. We're going to run the gauntlet and we're going to overcome in Jesus' name. Amen. My Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And so in Jesus' name, I speak peace. I speak victory. I speak hope today. I speak miracles right across this auditorium and I pray in Jesus' name right now that you would have power to overcome the obstacles in your world right now, that they would 
bow down to the name which is above every name, the name of Jesus, that your confession today would destroy the yoke of the enemy and release victory into your world in Jesus' name. I pray that right now that you would receive and acknowledge the love of Jesus Christ that is in this place and that he would heal you, set you free, unlock your mind and cause you to tune in with your heart in Jesus' mighty name. That reason would dissipate today and your faith would be established in the love, the forgiving grace of a God who loves you and called you in Jesus' name. Why don't you make this confession after me today and say, Jesus, I believe in your name. I believe that you came to set the captives free. You can shout it out a bit if you like. You came, Jesus, to break every barrier. And today I put my faith in you. I turn my back on my past. And I realign myself with the Word of God today. That declares to me, for God so loved me that He gave His Son that if I believe on Him, I would not perish but have everlasting life. I receive the miracle of a breakthrough today. And I tell my mountains right now, Get out of the way because I'm on a God-given destiny. Amen. Give Jesus a big hand clap today. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you prayed that today and there was a place in there where you said yes to Jesus Christ, where you shifted your alignment to the love of God today, if you're online, then please tick our yes box at the bottom of your screen right now. If you're in this meeting, please talk to one of us or get alongside someone who can encourage you and be with you and help you to make the right adjustments so that you go the distance with incredible hope and victory. Amen. I love you. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.